is up? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to catch up, actually, with Trevor of Moon Taxi. This time we had Trevor and Tommy of Moon Taxi on, and this time over Zoom video. The very first time we interviewed Trevor of Moon Taxi, it was over the phone. It was like April of 2020, really in the beginning of the pandemic. And Zoom obviously was a thing, but everyone was trying to get used to this new normal and uh, figuring out all the new technology. So we talked to him over the phone last time. So it was really cool to actually have a conversation with Trevor where we could see him. And not only that, we had Tommy on as well, which is really, really cool because the two of them grew up together. They met in Birmingham, Alabama when they're like 14, 15 years old, and they've been playing in bands ever since. So we caught up with Trevor and then got to hear his story on meeting Trevor and eventually starting Moon Taxi. Like I said, the two of them played in bands forever, so it was really funny. Tommy actually had their senior yearbook like laying on the table. So he pulled that out and was showing us pictures of them playing battle of the bands and like their high school senior photos. So you really need to check out the video cause it's super cool to kind of see them at 17, 18 years old. Both Trevor and Tommy attended Belmont university, in Nashville. And we hear about how the band started. They talk about the very early years of moon taxi and really recap our first conversation with Trevor all the way up to hometown heroes, which was the song they had out at the time. At that point, they hadn't even released uh, the album silver dream. So they talk about that album and we had the chance to hear all about the new moon taxi album, which is called set yourself free. You can watch, you can watch our interview with Trevor and Tommy this time. Like I said, you could see them and you'll get to see the yearbook photos and everything else. And uh, you can watch that on our YouTube channel and Facebook page at Bringing It Backwards. It would be rad if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Moon Taxi. Hey, Trevor, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, Adam? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. How's my audio? Sounds good. Nice. I got you loud and clear. What do you got, SM7? Uh, yeah, SM7. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> um, I like it. Yeah, I've had you on my podcast before, but it was, a, I mean, it was right when COVID hit. It was like April. Right. Of 2020. And uh, this wasn't like Zoom wasn't like really, I mean, it was around obviously, but, but it was more of a, (laughs) like uh, we did it over the phone. It was quite a situation. It's Um, it's been perfected now. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I remember that. I remember the the album covers in the background. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think Tom just got, I think Tommy's Um, trying to jump on. Yeah. I just, I, I just put him in. Is that cool? No, 100%. That's awesome. Hello. I'd love to have you both. Hey, what's up, Tom? How's it going? What's up, man? I'm Adam. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Cool. Well, um, I've had Trevor on before, and I'm excited to chat with, with you both um, this time around. Um, yeah, man. This is about the you guys and the kind of the origin story, a little bit of Moon Taxi and about the new album. Yeah. Sweet. Um, the first time around, uh, we... We kind of heard your story, Trevor, but we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit if that's cool. And then how you guys met and um, I have some follow up questions from the from the first time. And then we'll talk about the the new album because you did, you had just released Hometown Heroes when I talked to you. Yeah. About yeah. And that was a different time in, in space. So much <laughs> yeah. has happened between now and Very then. Long time uh, ago. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a different person, but, you know, at the core, we're all who we are and um the guy, the other guy on the Zoom line right there, Tommy, he and I have been playing music together since we were 15 years old. So more than you guys met in high school, right? In, in yeah, that's right. That's yeah. so yeah. cool. Um, half our lives. So we got through a pandemic like that couldn't take us down. No, I don't, I'm not sure anything can. <laughs> I love it. Are you both in Nashville? 
Are you uh, in Nashville? Tom, I'm in Trevor's Franklin, so I'm I'm south of Nashville, and then Tommy's up in uh, downtown Nashville. Oh wow! Okay, I re- yeah. it's crazy. So last time I talked to you guys, or you at least Trevor, I was in San Diego, and I've moved to Nashville since then. I mean, welcome. Yeah, we we moved here about two two years ago. My family Where, and I. What part what of town are you guys in? We're we're in like Thompson Station, Spring Hill area. Nice. So I'm just not south far from of you. you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm West Franklin, so I'm like just off 96. You so think I should go play pickleball with Trevor. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> you need I, a- I got into pickleball when I moved down here. I'm oh, really? I've played. I've I've a buddy of mine, uh, who lives a neighborhood or so over. He's way into it too. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's pretty popular in our neighborhood. They take it way too seriously, but uh, I got kind of caught up in that. <laughs> I was about to call Trevor yesterday. I was at, at this Pride event and um. They were showing the pickleball championship on ESPN. I was like, oh, I need to call Trevor. And then he called me. <laughs> <laughs> like, Are you watching this? That's amazing. Uh, so Trevor, you're from, uh, you were originally what born and raised in upstate New York. And then you moved to. That's right. Yeah. And then been, have been in Nashville since early 2000s. So, you know, I've been here for the longest stint of my life and will probably be here for forever now. I love yeah. it. Where else um, you want to go? I mean, you know, like this is the best place I've ever been. To be honest, I you, love it here. You like it here? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely it's love beautiful. it. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, Franklin's. We, that's where we tried to move. We, we got kind of uh, priced out, and then everything was going too quickly at the time. And uh, but it was, yeah, we absolutely love it. When we moved here, we we uh, decided to make the move in like November, December of 2020, and then. Mm-hmm eventually got here in february and we've been here ever since and we absolutely love it yeah i mean for when we tour so like we get to see all these different places and like i kind of get that fix of you know maybe i'd like to live in colorado or maybe i'd like to live out on the west coast and like i get these little glimpses of what my life might be like out there but you know i've just been here for so long and all my family lives here and like the band, all of our management. It's like, so we're so deeply entrenched now that it would be so hard to leave. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, okay. So uh, Tom, where are you? Are you originally from um, Birmingham area? Is that where you were born? I was born in Little Rock. And then, you know, my my dad, my dad was kind of a corporate guy. So he was chasing, you know, different um, opportunities with that around. So we went to Louisville for two years and we went to Atlanta for like eight. And then, settled in Birmingham and that's kind of where I have my growing up years um met Trevor and then we went to college together at, at Belmont Nashville wow what about how'd you get into music man you know when you're like I guess it's like around 11 years old everybody kind of starts playing it seemed like every kid was starting to do it right and they mm-hmm. were into it right started to pick up guitars and stuff I guess maybe it's like your hands get big enough to actually do it and, <laughs> and it's true I think that's true that's and, true and, yeah. and so I got one for, I, I wanted, I told my parents I wanted a steel string guitar, which I don't really think is a thing. Um, Cause I was watching that white zombie video. Um, more human than humans. Oh, more like human, that yeah. slide guitar thing. I was like, I want to play that. Okay. Nice. And uh, yeah. And, and, and they, or a bass guitar or a drum set. They settled on a bass guitar. And I got that for Christmas at my grandma's house in Missouri with a tutorial book. And we traveled to my other grandmother's house in Little Rock, where it's a four-hour drive, and I practiced the entire way down there. Just oh wow! Kept, just wanted to wanted to be good at it, no matter what. And what kind of? How are you practicing the bass in the car? In, in the back of the van. <laughs> oh, in a van. I, I okay. took the back row of the van and just sat back there and did it. That's amazing. Yeah. One thing um, I'll, just, I'll always remember. One thing I'll always remember when I first met Tommy, I asked him why he chose the bass. And he was like, well, I just want to join a band. I'm like, there's a million guitar players. And like, there's not that many bassists. I was that's like, brilliant. that's really, that's smart, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. mainly it's guys lane, that man. played guitar and there's, and then it's like, okay, we need a bass player. Okay. Just go play the root notes and kind of figure it out. At the, exactly. Yeah. He started, he started at bass and then he's moved on to guitar. And he's, he's a great guitar player. He writes. Thank you. Songs. Thank you, Drew. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. I mean, he, he approaches it in a different way than, than I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you started like off it. on trumpet, right? Trevor? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, trumpet, and I still have it. I, I toot around every now and again. Okay, I got to dust the thing off for uh, July Fourth. I always play the anthem. I walk outside of my house. 
Do you really? Just That's right. Rad. Yeah, right in the morning. I didn't know you did that. You gotta take a video of that. You should. That's amazing. <laughs> yep. I always get some some neighbor just starts clapping at the end. You know, it's, of course. it's hard. To, it's it's hard to go wrong there. Is That's there a time a, that you do that? Like, oh, like, just just when I get up in the, in the morning, sometime or sometimes, like, you know. Do it like seven or eight times this year. <laughs> Every, Every hour, hour just come out and do yeah. it. I will say Fourth of July and and those and and uh, even Memorial Day that we just passed up being here in Nashville. I mean, the the fireworks start for Fourth of July like whatever the Friday, you know, two or three days beforehand. And the first Fourth um, of July we were here. I remember my wife like it was like, she was freaking out. She's like, is that gunfire? Like what's going on? And like, she's like, should we call, do we need to call someone? Like she thought like there's people like shooting guns outside. I'm like, no, I think it's just fireworks. And, but it was like oh two gosh. days beforehand, oh my <laughs> but, gosh. It, but it's so cool to see. You could just turn around at any point in, in your yard and see fireworks from anywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, It's cool. So um, you, I, I didn't ask you this last time, Trevor was you played trumpet uh like what up until you were in high school or like was that an instrument you continued playing yeah i pretty much put it down when i picked the guitar up so it was a seamless transition like i went from you know the symphonic band in middle school and then when i moved to alabama and met tommy i picked up the guitar like immediately and then just shut myself away in a room and just learned to play the thing and then joined a band you know within three months of there when you guys had met, was it, um, you, were you in the same, like, how'd you guys uh, meet at school? Uh, PE class. class. Oh. Yeah, gym class. Trevor always calls it gym class. I was about to say, I was like, I always <laughs> called it PE. I guess it's like a. That's uh, a northern southern thing. Yeah, it's a colloquialism kind of thing, I guess. We but, called it PE um, when I was in San Diego. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. PE. Some people probably call it phys ed, but yeah. Um, I, so. When Trevor got to Birmingham, you know, he stood out big time. First of all, he had long hair, right? And that was uncommon for, you know, a suburban Birmingham, Alabama uh, high school, right? Uh -huh. There were some, but not many. So he had long hair. And, um, and he also talked, you know, his accent from Syracuse was like really, really funny to us. Um, you know, I forgot all the words you said, but he, he'd say, Tammy, Tammy, you know, like that. Tammy. He's gone away a little bit. Soda. Yeah, I mean, I've been in the South for yeah, soda pop. my life you want, a pop? you want a soda pop, Tommy? Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and then he was in, he got put in my gym class. And also, like, you know, I moved to Birmingham. Let's backtrack just a little bit. I moved to Birmingham from Atlanta in the middle of the year when I was in third grade and that was really difficult. Right. That, it's, yeah. it's a place, it's a place that a lot of people don't necessarily move to. Right. Like there's some, but not a whole lot. You don't switch schools all that much. And Trevor switched in the middle of the year too. So I kind of was like, okay, you know, I've been here before. I know what that's like. So, you know, I was immediately like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll probably be friends at some point, but what really did it was I was wearing a fish shirt to school. Um, and he loved fish. I had one record and he came up and he was like, do you want to borrow this record? Uta? And I'm like, sure. And went downstairs to my computer. He was doing a little bit of homework, put it on. And I was like, what in the hell is this? This is awesome. And so we started talking about that and he's like, I play guitar. And then I was like, I play bass. This is, this works out. Let's jam together, you know? And then, yeah. and then it just kind of kept moving forward after that. And you guys started like a, you were in a cover band originally? Or you're doing cover songs? We actually started out writing songs. I mean, oh, we learned did. covers. Yeah, we learned covers along the way. But I remember, like, the first piece of music I ever showed Tommy was something original. I mean, of course, like, I had learned Jimi Hendrix songs and songs by The Cream and like yeah, a lot of classic. Yeah, that, rock. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, more of the classic rock and playing yeah, like a yeah. big, like, half stack Marshall or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. One of those. yeah, I was like, we need bigger amps. Um, <laughs> but like uh, we yeah. kind of always started out with with original music but we would you know supplement covers we, we'd learn covers as well uh like along the way especially when we like were asked to play our first show which was at a middle school dance like we just had to fill 
an hour's worth of material. So we're like, all right, let's learn a bunch of covers. I feel like those kids were so bored. You know, I yeah. just remember the picture. They're all just standing there. <laughs> we had yeah, were they bored? Nobody was like slow. Like you guys weren't playing and they're like dancing along or anything like that. Like, no, <laughs> not really. There's no, there's no real movement. There's another picture of us playing at the bonfire that they did before homecoming in, uh, in high school. And I had these huge baggy pants on and I think Trevor did too. And, you know, the Marshall stack, I think was there. Um, and, it's and in the back era for fashion for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it, even the, amps, like, I mean, nowadays you'll go see a show and there'll be like a little combo amp and it's just mic'd. I feel like is the funniest different. thing, Adam is like, now we don't even use amps on stage. It's all modelers, which is like, you know, it's like the Kemper kind of profiling thing. So, uh-huh. so you just have an amp simulator and then you put that through the in-ears and then out oh, through the speakers. Wow. That's so crazy. Uh, it went full circle from full stack to no stack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. But that's cool that you guys got to play those kind of school events like that. I mean. Oh, yeah. The yeah, talent the, shows. Yeah. Yeah. The, ta- the talent shows, the one that put us on the map. That one, <laughs> they really did. It was like, oh, wow. Who are these? We got second place as sophomores. Um, the band that won uh, was really They good. were like a legacy they- act. Yeah, I forgot. they were seniors. Like and they were really good. The, the bass <laughs> player in that, the bass player in that man, I can't remember his name, but he uh, he went on a study upright at Vanderbilt. He was like just monster. Oh I yeah, I played. do remember that guy. Yeah, he was really good. Um, probably still lives here. Um, but I remember, yeah, he studied upright at Vanderbilt, and everybody. The last I heard was that he was like doing jazz stuff, and you know, for all kinds of records and whatnot. You can um, probably look him up in a yearbook. If you if you really wanted to, I could. I have a yearbook over here. Do you want to see some pictures of of Trevor and I from the yearbook? <laughs> yeah, actually, I really do. It up. <laughs> okay, hold on. Well, it's right here. This is right amazing. Here. Yeah, you're getting the, you're getting the full backstory. See, this yeah. is why I wanted Tommy on, so you could get. No, this. this is great. Yeah, yeah, this is good. And I'm glad I could see you this time. Last time it was over the, via the telephone rig that I kind of figured out. Okay. <laughs> right. No, this is this is way better. It was under the PlayStation. Hold on. I got it out. How do I reverse this? There we go. Okay. So is this our senior yearbook? Yep. Okay. Um, Here's all kinds of stuff that, you know, different people wrote to me, but Mm -hmm. um, let's keep looking. Hold on. It does not take very long to get here. We played in the senior talent show too, right? Yeah. If you go to, I think there's like a talent show page that would feature like a photo or two of us. This is all football stuff. Let's just go to our. There it is. Oh, wait, here you go. Oh, um, yeah. There there's, go. there's those baggy jeans. Oh, look at those. <laughs> look at how baggy those are. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And oh, our, wow. our band name was Apex. Yep. That is um, so and rad. And then it's pretty easy to get to these. Um, turn drip. Turn drip. There's Trevor. Hair a little shorter. Mm-hmm. Still looks good. Um, and then, tell me, you had the mean, pop top. I did, dude. Everybody did, pretty much. I mean, oh yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, and, and the they still. That's so awesome that you have that and, just and, right there. <laughs> dude, I, I, pull, I pull it out and show people all the time. That's um, so rad. And you know, it's it's funny. Like the mop top is still kind of around. I notice it. I can oh, tell, it's made like, a comeback for sure. Like yeah. the, young, yeah, the right. younger generation. Yeah. Um, that's so amazing. So you guys, but you both ended up going to, to Belmont. And what mm-hmm. did you, I mean, uh, that's a huge school here in Nashville, a big music mm-hmm. school as well. Um, what were you both studying? Like, did you go in as a bass player, Tommy? And then I did. A guitar I, player? I, or what? I, started, I started with electric bass in the jazz program. And it was like, it was like really competitive, right? Like, like people, like they weren't really that nice to each other. And mm-hmm. I didn't make an ensemble my, my freshman year. So I joined the orchestra because I knew I had to learn upright bass anyway. And, um, and that helped me learn how to read music. I actually, the conductor had me sit behind John Osborne from Brothers Osborne. And he and I became good friends. And he basically taught me how to read music that year. Wow. And, and then I fell in love with that kind of music. 
I was like, well, some of this, I was like, some of this shit rocks, you know, like this, this is, some of it's heavy. And I liked it and just decided I'd switch over from jazz to classical, get better at the upright. My electric bass teacher would be able to give me some electric lessons too. And, um, and just really hunker down on learning music in general. Wow. And what about you, Trevor? Did you go in for guitar or songwriting? Uh, I, I auditioned for the music school, uh, but I didn't make it into the music school, which is probably, you know, in retrospect, for the best. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I entered as a business student, um, but then uh, took a Spanish class, ended up loving it. So I picked up Spanish major, took a philosophy class and loved it. Uh, so picked up a, a philosophy major. So I was a double major. Double major. Yeah, but getting an informal music education from Tommy and Spencer also studied uh, commercial guitar and production. So I was like really just kind of, you know, asking them about chord formations. And we were playing at the same time. So it's like I was kind of just getting what you would get at a at a music school just from right. my friends. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, did you, for, were you in the jazz yeah. band and everything, but in high school or like, how did you get into it? No, 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 no. Oh. Trevor and I took, we took a music theory class, um, in high uh-huh. school, um, yep. which was actually really fun. Um, like all the guys in there were just cool dudes that like music too. Um, and, um, and that kind of gave, gave us a jump start, or at least gave me a jump start in the music program. I got to opt out of the first year of music theory, um, and then subsequently took five semesters of classes studying that stuff. It got, it got to the point where it's like, why are you even bothering studying this? Like, you know, do, like breaking down Beethoven's, you know, Sonata and all the chords and, and why he did what he did. And it's like, you know, it's basically science at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but to back, to talk back on what Trevor was saying, you know, about him learning the chord structures and stuff from from me and spencer that's kind of the beauty of that school is like you know it's not necessarily what you learn in the class it's talking to your friends outside of the class right mm-hmm. like me and a couple guys that were in music the music business program we'd go over to pm across the street and have beers you know after school or at night and just talk about music business and so i learned a whole lot about that from from just hanging out with people mm-hmm. and that was important too um yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's a lot about networking. Summertime is here. The kids are off school, which is great for them. They get to relax, see their friends, go to camps. But that also means as the parent, even more responsibility. Because not only there's work, but then, you know, there's driving to this camp or having this person over. Just a lot. A lot goes on during the summertime. And that's where HelloFresh comes in huge for me and my family. You get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Our family's been using HelloFresh for well over a year now. And this summer, HelloFresh has already taken a massive weight off of my family's shoulders. Spend less time meal planning. We know what we're going to have. HelloFresh shows up on a Wednesday. Every week, we know it's going to be there, which is amazing. No meal planning and no prepping. Pre-portioned ingredients that make it easy to get cooking quickly. It's like we're going to the pool and coming home and it's already late. It's like, what are we having for dinner? Oh, HelloFresh. Last night made the caramelized onion Swiss burgers. It had roasted garlic, horseradish, aioli, some potato wedges, came on a potato bun. My family loved it. Kids loved it. Wife loved it. Had the whole meal done, prepped everything, 30 minutes. Huge hit at our house. Another thing I love about HelloFresh is that it's more convenient than grocery shopping. That's one thing I am awful at. I'll go to the grocery store, I'll look around the whole place, take like an hour and a half, throw a bunch of stuff in my car, get home, and still have no idea what I'm going to cook for dinner. So not only is HelloFresh more convenient than grocery shopping, but it's also cheaper. Did you know it's cheaper? 25% less expensive than takeout. Go to HelloFresh.com slash backwards16. Use the code word backwards16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash backwards16. Use the code backwards16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Once again, backwards16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, 
America's number one meal kit. I was going to say this a lot about networking and yeah. um, uh, the professionalism, the professional side of music, you know, like being showing up for practice for a gig, taking it very mm-hmm. seriously, I think is a, is a huge life skill that we learned uh, at Belmont be, by being driven musicians, you know, by, by wanting it, like wanting the dream so badly that, you know, you're willing to, to put in the hard work for it. Yeah. I've spoke with other artists that have came through there and they were saying similar things like they, their first re- experience like recording or ha- working with like a producer was just other kids in their class, like that they mm-hmm. had been going to school with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we recorded our first record. Um, I guess were we still in college or we did we finish? I can't remember. Um, we were like a few guys were finishing. Spencer finished early. Remember, I think you and I yeah. have still been in. Yeah, I think you were an extra year and I was an extra semester. Yeah. Because um, cause you had the double major and I had the minor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but we recorded this first record at a fellow student's, you know, studio that was, you know, um, not great, but, you know, it was a studio. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and he let us use it for, I think, really cheap or free to make the mm-hmm. first record. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And I that wasn't Cabaret. To- that was before that? It was Melodica, yeah. Yeah, Melodica, I remember, okay. I remember talking to our friend Justin Hamill, who wound up working for Lightning 100, and then I think he's moved on since then. But um, he, uh, I was like, what do we do, man? Like, you know, we, we're getting like 40 people at our shows. What do we do next? He goes, you need to make a record. I was like, oh, oh, oh wow, okay. You know? And so we got the studio time with this dude, made the record. Um, at the time, we thought it was great. Um, you know, it, it's... It's definitely, it's definitely unique, um, but it wound up in the hands of our former manager, um, Don, and that's what that really started pushing some, you know, pushing some stuff for us when we when we met Don. So, okay. just one step at a time. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, was, the first first album we made, the, the kind of college record, as I call it, even though it's it's not really a part of our canon, you know, so much. Like mm-hmm. we didn't have. We didn't have Wes playing with us. It was like we were, we were kind of just we didn't know what we were doing. That uh-huh. led to other things that propelled us, you know, like baby steps to to get to where we are now. I mean, and this is our sixth album we're putting out now, so it's yeah, it's, it's quite a few years down the line. That's a that's such a yeah. You guys have had such an amazing journey. Um, I'm curious. Well, I I just have a quick question on this because I didn't. I wasn't familiar with Nashville at all last time I, I chatted with you. And since I moved here, I've become a little bit more hip to it. Uh, you were, you guys are in like a, you played like in a hip hop group, right? You were like the, were like the backing band for like yeah. a little hip hop group and you played the Ryman. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird occurrence. Um, <laughs> like, through Belmont. Yeah. It was really okay. Extreme. I was like trying to figure out like how, like that, that just whole thing sounds interesting. I they used to have, they used to have like kind of talent show competition things at Belmont called best of the best. And we Spencer met these two rappers named blaze and knowledge our freshman year. Mm-hmm. And we were already kind of jamming with Spencer and sort of forming moon taxi, the start of moon taxi, but he had already had this project with this rap group. So he was like, why don't you come play in the live band? And we competed and won in this competition. And at that point, the prize for winning was you got to play the Ryman. So our freshman year in 2002, we were, we were playing the Ryman as a backing band. We're already playing the Ryman. Was- <laughs> That's so crazy. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Hey, no, it, it gets better. We were opening for Eddie money. Um, <laughs> oh really? The hip hop group yeah. was opening for yeah. Eddie money. It still gets better. So the rap group, you know, they're the main guys in the band and, they said that in the competition beforehand, one of the criticisms they got was that uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't all dress the same, right? So they brought us a bunch of clothes. I think Trevor wore some kind of football jersey, and I was in a velour Just suit. huge jersey. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I loved that velour suit too. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, you looked really good in that, dude. It was all black. It was badass. I know it looks really cool with your uh, black base. That's yeah. so funny. Um, we'll just—I guess—we'll just skip ahead here quite a bit because I want to hear about what's gone on between um, Hometown Heroes and that album, and, and what you guys are going on now. But I got hip to your band because I used to work 
for radio station in San Diego. I was at, worked at 91X and you guys were supposed to play our like 35 year X Fest festival and then it got canceled. Uh, but right. we were playing the shit out of too high. I mean, I remember that vividly and uh, just I, that was kind of like, I remember you kind of talking about that song really, you know, exploding for you guys. And but, but even before that, you had success with like sinks and you had that song on the McDonald's commercial. I mean, that must have been was that a that's kind of a I mean, seeing those successes, was that something like after you guys had graduated, just grinding it out was do you remember like leaving your first like nine to five job and then having that, having that opportunity to kind of just do music full time? Was it prior to those albums? It's, it's, now it's kind of always been baby steps of like growing where we are and then where we want to be, um, you know, too high and, and it's streaming success at first and then success at radio, the terrestrial stations. Thanks for playing us, by the way. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. I don't work there anymore, but I, when I did, I, we, I, I yeah, we played the, Played you guys yeah. quite a bit, and then that. I little, love it. Unfortunately, that thing got. Uh, I don't know what happened, but um, you were. It was like back in. Uh, oh, it would have been epic. Yeah, yeah I, I can't remember, remember the lineup. I've like found the poster recently because I was. I knew I was chatting with you guys. I was gonna. I was like Death and Cab those, and back and yeah. All those Joy radio Wave. events we did in like the 2017 type era. Those uh-huh. are so much fun. Like I wish we could do yeah. those tours all the time, but it's you know reserved for the people at the top of the charts. So. We just need to get there again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they were just such a like cluster of all those, the, whoever was kind of having a charting song or if like Pearl Jam put an album out, it'd be like, okay, we're going to have this like headliner. And then it was like whoever fell, mm-hmm. you know, behind that. But um, yeah, so you said it was just kind of a, like at what point were you able to kind of just quit it? Or was it that early on that because of just building and building and that being like the prime focus, you remember like leaving your, job to be like okay i'm, I'm doing this full time i, I had the last like real job yeah i would say yeah i had i, I worked at BM, bmi and uh the sales department oh wow. where we we would call you know music venues um gyms hair salons any place that was using music restaurants and i would sell them a license right and it's something that you have to have for the you know the the, the uh, intellectual property rights for music being right. played in your business, right? And it was a tough job. I made 100 calls a day. And, you know, some people would tell me to go shove it, you know, like <laughs> others would, if you got to the right, like if you talk to the GM, like who's who we'd call a gatekeeper, usually that person's going to tell you to shove it, right? When you actually get to the the owner of the business, they kind of understand it, like, oh, okay, I'll pay that. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a fun game to play. Yeah, because um, what difficult. if they don't want to pay it and, they could essentially get sued, right? Or get in trouble. Yeah. Not playing, yeah. Not paying to they play def- the songs. In their- exactly. They do, it, they do it all the time. Um, so, and then, but then when they find out, you know, you've got to get an ASCAP license too, they, they get really pissed off. Um, <laughs> yeah. That doesn't come uh, cheap. Like, well, there's two of these. Radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they find out about CSAC and they're like, huh, there's three. How many more? <laughs> there are um, but that's it. There's only three. Um, but I remember quitting that job. Um, we got an opening slot in Birmingham for government mule. And I was like, Oh shit, this is kind of happening. And then we got our first tour opening for new master sounds. And I remember taking like a week and a half off to do that, like seven day run of shows with them and coming back from it, even though, you know, it didn't move the needle all that much. I was like, that was really fun. I want to do that a lot. And and so, and then around Christmas time, I got a bonus of like 3000 bucks. I was like, that's it. See you later. Put in my notice and just went full time for the band. And that money ran out in about two months, three months. Um, mm-hmm. And then we were, you know, then it was like, okay, well, I'm just going to book, we'll book shows and make sure that it keeps coming in. And it was hard, but it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had, we had a lot of help. Trevor was working at a, um, a cheese shop. Oh yeah, I remember you said you were selling cheese. <laughs> literally, well they and they had they had good pasta and stuff too, and we we all we would all go there almost every day for free lunch. Pretty much free sandwiches. Awesome. So like I was free sandwiches. I was pasta. feeding us. I was feeding all <laughs> yeah. the hungry band members. Our, our our roommate worked there too. So even when Trevor wasn't working, we could you know still like I, I remember I just show up at like one o'clock and then all of a sudden Wes would walk in, you know, and then like 
Oh, there's Spencer too. Okay. We're all here. Gang's all here. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then the, the parent uh, bar restaurant to that cheese shop was this place called Mafiosa's. And I like, they would allow me to eat and drink whatever I wanted there. And my tab was always $11. Oh, that's awesome. It was, yeah. That's a random number. A real, Why $11? I don't know. Remember? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But they, they just put any drinks I had on the spill sheet. And, uh, and I think I was just paying for the food. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I made a lot of friends there. Um, That's and, really uh, funny. But I'd, I'd sit there at night and like, you know, when, when, when I was working at BMI, it was, I'd work nine to five, get off work, um, go home, we'd have rehearsal to like seven. Then I'd sit at my computer and try and book shows till around 10. And then I'd go to Mafiosa's and, you know, have some food and a couple of drinks and go home, go to bed, rinse and repeat. Wow. And then, and then, um, sometimes the, the, the rest of the guys would come pick me up on our, on our crappy old band, uh, from, from my work. And I'd still have on like my tie and shit, like, and we go tour through the weekend. That was, uh, uh, I remember you saying, well, real quick, I'm sure the owner at some point had to be like, how are they always, you guys are spilling drinks at the, like around 10 o'clock uh, they, every day. They, <laughs> they, they crack, they crack down on, on all of that. And, and I'm free to say it now because I don't think any of those people work there anymore. No. <laughs> good. Statute of limitations. Yeah. yeah. And I remember you, you telling me Trevor too, the, the van was called Barbara, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's funny. And I, I yeah, think there's a some, story about it, about some, some good times later or something. <laughs> 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 um, so, well, okay. Last time I, we chatted, you were, you had just put out hometown heroes. Uh, you had the, the record coming out. I, I think you put it out maybe the following year. Um, but that song itself was kind of about you two, right? Like, me, like meeting or like, I, I, I can't really remember the backstory. Tell me, you want to tell them about the, the party? Oh yeah. So, so um trevor had sent me the chorus part of it and it was you know hometown heroes and i was like oh this is great in birmingham our friends down there i don't know if they're still doing it. i don't think they did it last year but they have a christmas party um for all the people that are coming home to see their parents and whatnot and uh and they call it the hometown heroes party okay um, and that name just always stuck with me uh as like yeah. a really cool I don't know. It just, it just kind of flows from the tongue. It's like, it's, it, it can be interpreted various ways. You know, people can read into it uh, and apply it to their, their own lives. Uh, so we put it out in March, 2020, right, like a week before the tornado rolled through town. And, oh, you know, the one in Nashville. One, yeah. The one in Nashville. Yeah. The one that yeah. was like right before COVID hit. There were some rough times. Before. I mean, you had the, the bombing on second street. 2020 was yeah. the worst yeah. freaking year. Um, but, uh, but that tornado almost hit my house. Oh I mean, my gosh. Yeah, it was, it was like it was right devastating. by Devastating. Same. Uh, I mean, that's when I was living in yeah, yeah, like Germantown, yeah. downtown Nashville, and it, it came, came right through there as well. But so we put it out, and then the radio station started playing it here, and mm-hmm. people were talking about, you know, uh, Nashville coming together at their hometown you know, helping neighbors out, people, you know, becoming heroes, like on their own street for, you know, they would help um, chainsaw down a tree that was like blocking the road. It's like, you're you're a hometown hero. Everyone's a hometown hero. If you, you know, if you really just help each other out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, so like we thought that was great. Um, Yeah. Wasn't really like our intention to have the song, you know, kind of applied to that context. And then um, COVID hit and, you started seeing like the frontline workers being called hometown heroes because they're putting their, their selves, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in, in harm's way. And uh, so like they were the hometown heroes and, but, but really the song was about like, you know, our relationship, our long lasting relationship and, you know, um, yeah. Kind the of ones that stay close and the ones that fade away. Uh, yeah. Just thinking back yeah. to, to the times that you've had together and, and, you know, where they started and where they're going. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so from yeah. that record to kind of now, uh, to fill me in. I know this album's independent, right? You guys did this all kind of yourself. I would say, yeah. Talk, thinking it as like a shedding of your own skin. Um, 
we have, you know, coming out of putting an album out in the pandemic, we were like, okay, that was not fun because we weren't able to tour on the past album, Silver Dream. Yeah. So it, it kind of didn't really feel like ours. You know, like uh, traditionally in our history, we go out and we'll put a record out and then road test it immediately. And right. then even like change the songs as we go to like really kind of enhance them in a live setting. We weren't able to do that with this past record. So it, it kind of felt like it just didn't really exist for us. I mean, it did. It came out there. Like, I love Hometown Heroes. I love um, Above the Water. There's like some really cool songs on um, Silver Dream. He's a great uh, record. Just, yeah. Thanks. I just feel like it, it just didn't really have um, its chance out there. It didn't have a chance in the world. So in that sense, I feel like this album, Set Yourself Free, does have a chance because we've already been playing shows. We've already road tested a few of these songs and they're bangers. It feels like, you know, it feels like good Moon Taxi Live songs. And I think we were able to translate that when we recorded it in the studio um, to where like, people that have been fans of the band for a while, um, you know, going back to like our cabaret days, our mountains, beaches, cities days, I think they're really going to hear that in the, in the songwriting process. Cause we were, we were like writing this for the live show. Oh, okay. And, so, and this was like, I mean, to, to do it fully independently this time around, what was that a lot different? Like, do you get to kind of do whatever you want, not have like, outside opinions and voices when it comes to the music you guys want to do and put out? We, we definitely like to share it with friends and family and, and kind of get people's opinions on it. But even like the songwriting process, we, we tried to keep a little bit tighter and, and closer to home and we didn't involve as many uh, outside songwriters. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause on, on silver dream, we, we included quite a few, um, which was, you know, partly, a recommendation of our previous um, label uh, RCA, which which was fun. It was it was great, and it was like I, I learned a lot about songwriting by writing with other people. But for my comfort zone and for to be the most authentic Moon Taxis we can be, I think we had we we just had to write this one almost exclusively by ourselves. Because mm -hmm. you went, you were the last record was out of BMG. This time it's just you guys are putting it out on your own label, right? Yeah. So, and then, uh, let the record play was written, uh, before we signed with RCA. So, okay. Backing it up timeline wise, we, we put out too high mm -hmm. before let the record play, which is what the, um, too high is on. Yeah. And yeah. That album got picked up by RCA. Oh, and was so it RCA, because that song was doing well? Because, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Now exactly. I particularly remember. Yeah. And so let the record play was out and they, they were like, okay, you guys, let's put you with these other writers. So the, the consequence of that was silver dream, which was our previous record. So, yeah. okay. and, and then we parted ways with RCA. So it was kind of a moot point anyway, but BMG picked up silver dream. And then after that, we we're like, okay, let's just bring it back to like where we started, which is like pretty much do everything ourselves. Cause we're very DIY kind of dudes. And, you know, as you saw, like, you know, we, we like it that way. Like, yeah, really close and tight. And, and it just feels more authentic that way. So, so with this album, we were like, just a, there's a concerted effort to minimize those co-writes and minimize, you know, outside influence on. Um, now, now, we did use uh, this awesome producer, uh, Brennan Ertz, who is a friend of the band and is a phenomenal guitar player. It's just kind of like another creative um, force and kind of helped push a lot of these songs like over the finish line. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, Spencer also produced a lot of these tracks as well. So uh, it, the, the circle of trust was like very much, you know, closed in on this one. Okay. And with, uh, you know, the coming out of the pandemic and you said, did you, you guys recorded the whole record before uh, silver lining before the pandemic had hit or I can't remember. Yes, yes. So it was already Dream like was ready, right? Yeah, it was already re ready to go. It was ready to go. I think the release date was set for sometime in the summer of 2020. So oh, like then, so because it, of the pandemic you you had to hold on to Silver Dream until 2020 or you 
made sense to obviously it made sense because we weren't sure how long we weren't going to be able to tour for so okay. it was like just push back and push back and like it just felt like it got away from us so this one so, uh, set yourself free doesn't it, it feels like you know it's ours we're, we're really able to immediately go out and play it right which is which is how we've we've done things that's how we like to do things so mm-hmm. i just feel like we're back on track with this with this new album was it something that you had when did you start writing it was it like were you writing in during that pandemic time kind of why as you're putting out silver dream and or we were writing like, it uh kind of when we were touring you know like touring was weird in 2021 because we had a big fall tour and then like the delta variant happened so oh right some cities were open some weren't it was just like the most disjointed thing but like to keep ourselves sane we just started writing some music so we kind of started in 2021 okay but like really finished it up you know this past i guess 2022 okay and is there like i I mean going into this record was it doing this more you know doing this i guess independently has that been a different um well i guess it's kind of like you you've done similar things anyway and then you'd have the song and then they'd come the label would come in so not do you feel like a much has changed a lot with the process of recording the record or writing the song no not really no it's it's it feels like what we always do And, and i mean even when we put out records with rca and with bmg like we kind of just presented them with something that was already done like we you know we we didn't really ever have any sort of like rep come in and and say you need to change this that and the other because like we kind of just gave them a a nice tidy package and be like well here here it is yeah that's nice because i I guess that's what i was curious about if you had uh like yeah a and r people coming in and be like i don't like the mix or i don't like this or i don't like that but it sounds like you've never really had to to deal a whole lot with I mean, that. I mean, even going back to like how Belmont has created this like professionalism, it's like we're we're very critical of ourselves and we hold ourselves to the high standard. Um, and it helped that you know one of the band members is a producer, is our producer, uh-huh. study music production. You know, it's like if everything is in house, like we have great songwriters in the band, so like you know we don't really need to include anybody else, right? And, we're- it, ahead, it is sorry. fun to co-write sometimes. It is it is fun to like go out and 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 try to write something with someone that's not in your band. But mm-hmm. for me, it's such a personal, intimate process. I I just like to do it with the guys that that I know. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And and that the fact that you guys are all pros, right? Obviously, you went to Belmont, which is huge, and you've done this really independently from the beginning, and people will just kind of come in as they you know as you allow them essentially right like, which we've uh, yeah. been so lucky we've been lucky for the support from bmg in particular and you know rca for for a hot minute but uh <laughs> it's this is a this is a great moon taxi album that i think um it, it, it's going to appeal to a lot of people and hopefully turn some new heads it's going to be awesome in a festival setting so that's what i'm most excited about is playing these songs live okay is there a sp- particular songs on it that you're like oh this is gonna be you can already vision like the sunset or whatever <laughs> like a yeah, I mean, type situation i can i can hear <laughs> almost all of them i can hear like honestly almost all of them on a big stage with a crowd singing along we've already been playing set yourself free and we've been playing a few others from the from the record and just it's instant like gratification you're like okay that's a good song which is that's what the past record lacked because we weren't able to like get a vibe when we play it live for people We're like if it was a good song or not we, we just didn't know right and this way you can kind of test it on the road because you're able to tour and do shows yes, and yes. see what people think um Absolutely. are you do you are you guys going to do a big tour? i would imagine do a big tour to support it when it comes out huge tour yeah um i should i should send you the the dates yeah we're starting in august and we're going through December, you, you know, hitting a lot of market. We're not going, the only place we're not going in the U.S. is out West. Um, okay. Pretty, so you're much, pl- pretty much everywhere else. Are you playing here in town? The closest to Nashville would be either Chattanooga or Louisville. Oh, okay. Louisville ain't yeah. far. Yeah, no, it's not far. <laughs> no, you can catch us there. Awesome. I love it. 
Um, I pre- dude, thank you so much, Trevor, for doing this again, man. I really appreciate Absolutely. your time. No, um, and welcome to Tennessee, by the way. It's I, awesome that you guys are here. Love it here. Love it here. And that's so <laughs> crazy that you're in Franklin. I, that's so cool. I know. We're not far from each other. Not far at all. Um, my son plays baseball in Franklin. Uh, oh, awesome. <laughs> uh, but I just have a quick question. Yeah, yeah. If I you mean, have any advice for aspiring artists. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. Um, one, don't give up. Um, um, sorry. Uh, no, don't no. give up. It's all baby steps. It's always going to feel like baby steps. That's the big thing is that every little baby step, like, you know, if, if we were playing some huge festival slot this weekend, right. At, and if that happened from the very beginning to right now, it would feel like a massive step. But right now that's just another good baby step. That makes sense. No, it does. Sure. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. So. yeah. Thanks for jumping Thanks. on. Tom. Yeah. Thank you yeah, so much, man. Tommy. I appreciate it. Yep. All right. See you guys. Take care. Bye. See you, man. Yeah. So I can just kind of jump back in. Yeah. Uh, just- the thing I would say to someone starting out uh, in the music business is to write as many songs as you can, try to jam with as many people as you can, try to go to as many shows as you can, and really like just have that immersive experience. Like, I was telling you I was a Spanish major in college and it wasn't like until I went and studied abroad for like a full immersion that I really kind of got it and started thinking in Spanish and like was able to communicate fluidly in Spanish. So it's like, think about that, but with music, like just, you have to just live and breathe it. Uh, and, and if you are passionate about it, you're going to find a way, like maybe it's not as a performer, maybe it's as a songwriter, maybe it's as, a lighting crew designer, you know, which is a art form in and of itself. It's like, I think just immerse yourself in it and, and you'll, you'll find your way. 